0: Hello, and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing, and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Kamalafe, and it is my mission to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Now, with living costs continuing to rise, Money Hub are on a mission to engage and empower its customers to take control of their finances and improve their financial wellness. Money Hub provides a central space to see all your and assets so you know exactly what's coming in and exactly what's going out. You can connect your current account credit cards, investments, pension, savings, mortgages, and loans, all with ease, allowing you to have a clear view of all of your accounts within one platform. Once connected, MoneyHub will help you learn to manage your money better with simple, actionable steps. You can analyze your spending, pay off your debts, see how your investments are performing, and also set yourself personal spending goals. If you're a homeowner, you can connect your property and see up-to-date property valuations. And if you rent, you can report your rent payments to Experian, give giving your credit score a boost. MoneyHub has been named in the Fintech Power 50 Trailblazer cohort and has the widest range of connections available in the UK. To get started, download the app today and take advantage of a free six-month trial with no automatic renewal, which means you get to choose whether you want to continue or not after trial. With MoneyHub, small improvements lead to big achievements, whether it's paying off debt, boosting your savings or monitoring your investment, Money Hub makes money management simple and convenient. You can download today on the Apple Store or Google Play. There is a link in the show notes. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm recording this and it's sweltering in here because we still have really, really high temperatures because of the heat wave. Um, I hope you've been enjoying it, by the way. This is the second of the year. I think we've got another one coming a bit later on, uh, but it's unprecedented, right? Uh, we don't typically have this kind of weather in the UK, so you know, enjoy it while it lasts. In today's episode, I want to touch on energy prices. You can't seem to get away from the fact that we are seeing forecasts for energy prices to be at £4,200 come January, quite a big jump, and already there's, I guess, this outcry people just saying, look, I'm not going to be able to afford this. What's going to happen? Are we going to see some kind of intervention? And funny enough, last week I was out at about asking people their thoughts. And it was really interesting seeing the um, demographic of people who, who answered these questions and their thoughts. Generally speaking, there was an overarching, it's a lot, But there were some people who had very very interesting takes on even kind of like the profits that these oil energy companies are able to generate and have been generating um, through the first half of this year and i can't wait for that piece of content to go out because i think it's going to be really really interactive it's it's a little different to what i normally do but uh on the energy price conversation one thing that i have already spoken about on youtube and i'm going to speak about it here Purely because I know that there are some people who don't necessarily follow the YouTube channel, so I think it's right to have it as a separate conversation here on the podcast as well. And this is this—I um, guess I don't—I don't know, I don't know whether, you, whether you would call it a social movement, um, but it's definitely a movement um, that is demanding. reduction in energy bills to an affordable level. And the plan there is that they will cancel direct debits, or they're going to encourage people to cancel their direct debits from October 1st if they are ignored and they don't get the energy prices down to affordable level. So the target is to get 1 million people to pledge to do so. It's called Don't Pay UK. Now, I've spoken about this, and I think ultimately this podcast isn't to tell you what to do, but it is to I guess give you a little bit of information about some of the things that you need to consider if this is something that you're 100% in for and would, would like to participate in or you think, you know what, we have to take a start. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. My role within this conversation is to basically just highlight a few things that I know, given my background in financial services and maybe suggest a couple of other things to try before you get to the stage of cancelling your direct debits. So don't pay UK. I don't know how many, how many people they have now. I think looking at their Instagram, they've only got about 68,000 followers. I think at last beat, um, I think they had something like maybe 100,000 people signed up. So they're still a very long way off. Uh, their million target yeah there are 100,000 100,000 people at the moment pledges uh, and this is when was this actually posted I'm just going through their Instagram at the moment uh, this was posted one day ago so I'm recording this on Sunday this was on Saturday they posted th- uh, 100,000 pledges so they're still quite a way away from the one million in order for this to work now look I completely get the logic and the rationale behind what they're saying they're they're likening this to poll tax in the seventies. I was too young to remember what that was. Um, but essentially it's all about, if we take a stand collectively and a million people's a lot, the energy companies are going to have to do something. Now that may be true. That may not be true because the reality is we don't know what the energy companies will, will do, what their reaction is going to be. But like I said, I think there are some really important things for you to start off with before you get to that stance. Now, I didn't necessarily say this on the YouTube video, but in hindsight, thinking about what I said on that video and some of the comments that were left on that video, I think it's really, really important just to acknowledge the fact that, you know, if you think about this from a pragmatic point of view, and I know that that can be very, very hard to do, especially if you're struggling and emotions are running high, I think it's really important to understand. I, I think at least that the energy companies will be fully aware that the increase in the energy costs that they are having to pass on are too much for people or for ordinary people to afford. Okay. I think there'll be an acknowledgement of that within the energy companies. Therefore, I think, or at least I believe that they will be willing to offer help if you ask them for help. Now, the question here is, do you and will you ask for help? Do you feel comfortable asking for help? Do you feel confident asking for help? Will you ask for help? And this is the first thing that I think is really, really important in this conversation. If you are struggling with your energy bills, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people who are already in debt, and that's from the increase that we saw in April. And, that, you know, October's coming along, that's another 78% increase. And I'm one of the people who's actually on a standard tariff right now. So I'm weighing up my options as well. Now, luckily I'm in a better position than, than a lot of people, but if you are struggling, I think it's really, really important for you to pick up the phone to your energy supplier and actually have a conversation with them. We're already seeing comments and pieces of news about people who have said to their energy supplier, say, look, this I can't afford this. And they are putting things in place. And they have to do that. So the first thing to do is to open dialogue and have conversations with your energy supplier and say, look, this is the reality. This is where I'm at. What help do you have available? Now, the energy companies have to offer you help. They can't say, look, we're going to be putting up to your, your direct debit to 250 pounds per month, right? And then just leave you be, well, afford it. Tough luck if you can't. They're not going to do that. They're not allowed to do that. They have to offer you some help. So that may come in the form of payment plan or reduced plans, or you can pay it off over a period of time without any interest um, accrued to the amount that you actually owe. A number of, maybe even two, maybe three months ago, I did a video about the British Gas Energy Trust on YouTube. And I think I may have spoken about it here on the podcast. i have to go back and look at it. But British Gas had um, a, a, a pot of money where they were saying to people, look, if you're struggling, speak to us. And we have a grant here where the average claim at that point, I think was like 700 pounds, right? Towards energy bills. And surprisingly, as, 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 as I thought that, that video would be really, really important, nobody really watched it. There wasn't really that much of an uptake. What I'm trying to say here is that these energy companies will have things in place because they're not stupid. They know that people are going to be struggling for this. So they have to offer help and there will be help that they are willing to offer. The question is, just as I've asked previously, do you feel confident? Do you feel comfortable? in asking for that help. And that brings me to a really, really important point. Obviously, we talk about money here. And I know that in the UK, we have this culture where I think there's an undertone or undercurrent that we should know and be able to do better because we're adults. And so therefore, there seems to be this kind of shame or this element of, hmm, this is going to make me look bad. And so therefore, you don't do the the right logical thing. And I think we need to get over that. I think it's really important to understand that everybody's going to be struggling in different degrees with what's going on right now. And it isn't a problem that is going to be solved very, very quickly. I mean, it's supply chain issues at the end of the day. That's why these energy prices have spiked as much as they have. Now, many people will argue that, you know, prices were already on the up, prior to the war in Ukraine, but that has definitely exacerbated it even further. And I don't see this being a really uh, easy, quick fix by any stretch of the imagination. My fear is that come March, April next year, we're gonna see another price increase. And then, you know, the companies, the energy companies will will report even more profits. And then you're gonna get into a situation where there's public discourse because people are so unhappy. And thus far, we haven't really seen much from the government, certainly in the last month or so. The Tories are still battling it out, deciding whether Liz or Rishi should be at the top of the party, leading the party moving forward. Boris Johnson is you know, taking the stance that it's not his responsibility, it should be the responsibility of either Liz or Rishi. And the reality is that by the time they get into the office and this quabbling has stopped, we run a real risk that the damage is already going to be done we need intervention right now if the government is going to step in now liz has said that she's not prepared and i think maybe she's walked that back a little bit after a little bit of backlash but she wasn't prepared to offer any further help so that leaves us in this debacle where you have to take ownership and if a form of taking ownership is asking for help that is the right thing for you to do. There is no shame in it. There will be thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people in the same boat as you. So please get over the, the shame that you might feel or the embarrassment that you might feel this, oh my God, this makes me you know, look bad, or I should know better the disappointment that you might feel in yourself, because you shouldn't. You shouldn't feel any disappointment. This has come left field. It's something outside of your control. You know, we have to roll with the punches. So I think it's really, really important that that we acknowledge that. So please speak to your energy provider. critical. It's absolutely critical. Um the advice at the moment is still not to fix. I mean we we don't know what these what the the prices are going to end up being. But again, I had a conversation with someone last week, and I said, you know, if you currently have a deal on the table where, you're thinking, you know what, I'd rather fix it now than run the risk of prices increasing even further. That deal gets void, then you end up paying more per month. You have to think about what is going to work for you. And you might have to shift your finances around whilst doing this. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Turn To Us on on the podcast. We spoke a little bit there about, you know, the fact that there were so many grants available. I mean, Turn To Us themselves uh, paid out 3.9 million pounds in grants to families who needed it in the past year. So trying to seek help, yes, go to your energy provider, but looking at other avenues like Turn To Us is really, really important, making sure that you're not leaving money on the table if you're entitled to benefits. You know, there's only so much you can do when it comes to budgeting. You can't budget your way out of, you know, a sticky situation, particularly if you've already worked really, really hard to make cuts already. There's only so far those cuts will go, right? So the next logical step would be to see how you can increase your income. And by simply filling in something like a, a benefits calculator on Turn To Us uh, website, is an easy way for you to know whether there's money that you are entitled to that could boost your income. I mean, the numbers, uh, from turn to us turn out to be something like 5,263 is the average income boost that people are able to access because there's some benefits that they weren't aware that they're, they're eligible for. And that's, that's a lot of money, 5,263 quid. It is a lot of cash. So ask for help speak to your energy provider now there is a lot of stuff going on at the moment around um, whether you complain to your provider and this is something that i did mention in the video now if you complain to your provider and you get to loggerheads where you know what they're suggesting and what you're suggesting there is no middle ground there is no i guess amenable or mickable solution to the issue then you could potentially go to the ombudsman now i've seen a lot of stuff on tiktoks people saying just go straight to the ombudsman they can't um they can't put any uh markers on your credit file if you do so that information is simply incorrect the ombudsman will not take any of your complaints if you've not already lodged a complaint with the energy provider okay so you can't skip the skip that step skip that queue and go straight to the ombudsman they're not going to want to know. you're going to have to go and have a open conversation with your energy provider, which is one of the which is why I'm saying this is the main thing that you actually need to do. If you get to a stage, but you can't come to an agreement, then the ombudsman can step in. But it's worthwhile knowing what the ombudsman can and can't do. They can't issue fines. They can't tell the energy company what they should do. They are there potentially, really, as a mediator. That's it. And this leads me on to a really important point, particularly when it comes to don't pay UK. Now, the plan there is to cancel direct debits on October 1st, not to pay your energy bill. Now, this. <sighs> again, may sound like a really good idea for many people, but I know that people who watch my channel and listen to this podcast, a lot of you are, you know, in your 20s, late 20s, early 30s, and buying a house is one of your main priorities. It's really important that you don't cut off your nose to spite your face here. If you are paying by direct debit and you miss a payment, you cancel your direct debit when I'm speaking to your energy provider, they can go and place Uh, a marker on your credit score. And that will stay there for anywhere between three to six years. That will be as a missed or late payment. Now, if you're looking to apply for any kind of credit in any way, shape or form, that thing is going to impact you. So again, you need to have an open conversation with your provider first and foremost. Now. On the topic of direct debits, a lot of people have said, well, actually I'm gonna speak to my provider. I'm gonna cancel the direct debit. Then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put that money aside and start to pay quarterly, but they're gonna talk to their provider to do so. Now that does make sense. Now the only caveat that you need to kind of be aware of there is that oftentimes when you pay by direct debit, they will add in like a, a discount because they know from a business point of view, they can count on X amount of money coming into them. So they give you a discount for paying by direct debit. If you cancel your direct debit, you're likely going to lose that discount. Now, logically thinking, the amount of discount that they will give you is very, very unlikely to outweigh the increase that you're seeing in your direct debit. If, for example, you're going from like 160 to like 250, right? It's very, very unlikely the discount is going to offset that amount. The, The increase will probably be more than the discount. So in this scenario, it could be a really good idea to cancel the direct debit, but tell your provider what you're doing. Tell them, look, I'm going to cancel the direct debit, I want to pay on a quarterly basis. Can you bill me? It's really then important that if you do have a smart meter, you're monitoring what you are essentially using. Smart meters seem to be a very um, scarce commodity. I've been waiting for a for a smart meter now for the past nine months, maybe with British Gas. They just don't have them in store. They just don't have them in stock right now. So track what you're using. If you haven't got a smart meter take regular meter reading so you can actually demonstrate what your actual usage is a lot of the issues that people are facing with the um, energy price increases that they're seeing in their direct debit is that a lot of it is based on estimated use so if you are able to track what you're using on a month-to-month basis you can say right this is my actual use i want to be billed accordingly and that may end up saving you money On a quarterly basis if you cancel direct debit and pay and pay on a quarterly basis but it just means you've got to do a little bit of extra work checking your readings all the time and checking your smart meter those are the things that i really wanted to kind of mention i think they're really really important Um, naturally people will have questions if you do have questions then obviously you know make sure that you either message me on instagram uh, or you can email me at peterconversationofmoney.com. Um, there will be a few things that are going to be changing on the pod. Um, let me just talk about this very, very quickly. There'll be some changes to the pod coming fairly shortly, and they are going to be pretty drastic changes. Um, I'm still working through the the details of it right now, so I don't want to give too much away, but they are much needed changes that I've been thinking about now for a for quite some time. Um, and the change will be very sudden, drastic. Um, and I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I'm also nervous for it because I'm aware that this podcast has been going on for two and a, uh, well, two years and eight months. This podcast has been going on for. We've grown really, really nicely. Um, however, I feel as though I need to change a few things to bring everything in line with where I want to go with the podcast and where I want to go in terms of what I do on a day-to-day basis. And um, if I'm completely honest, this year has been a very, very big learning curve for me. Um, I haven't spoken much about this, but TV has been uh, a blessing and a curse. It's been a double-edged sword for me, but it's also pulled into focus some of the changes that are going to be coming along. Um, And it's helped me to, I guess, focus in on what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, and what I actually want to achieve in the long run, in the long the long ball game. And as you know, we we love a, a long-term goal here. Um, so yeah, these changes will be coming along fairly, fairly shortly. And what, what it will allow me to do is it will allow me to share with you maybe a little bit more than I'm, that I have shared with you so far on this podcast. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, you know, for example, I've been running a business for the last two years and eight months. And how how has that been? Have I found, have I learned anything? Are there certain things that perhaps that you could benefit from from my journey? I haven't necessarily spoken about entrepreneurship or anything like that on the podcast thus far. And I think that it is a relevant topic to talk about. And so when these changes happen, it will allow me to talk about more of those things. It will allow me to open up on Things that a lot of people ask me about that I'm like, I don't know. I'm not too sure that it works under this format. It will hopefully broaden the horizon of what we're able to talk about here on the podcast. It will definitely broaden the horizon of the kind of people that I can have on the podcast. And I don't necessarily have a lot of guests on. That is a conscious decision um, because I get approached so much by so many people wanting to be on the show. And in the end, they're, they're all trying to sell something. And uh, when I look at what they're selling, I'm like, no, because really what they're talking about, it's just a load of twaddle, to be completely honest. So it will open up on the kind of guests that I will have and um, the breadth of guests that I can have. Uh, But that's just a heads up. Things will be changing uh, soon on the podcast. I haven't got a timeline just yet, but that's a little heads up for you. Um, as always, I appreciate you for listening this Monday morning. I hope that you have a really productive week. I hope that, uh, yeah, I don't know whether, what the weather's going to be like next week. I think it's going to cool down. But the main thing is try and enjoy it. Um, I said this on Instagram, on YouTube, and I'm going to say it here. Please take the time to check in on yourself. It's very, very easy to feel overwhelmed when we're in situations like this. Um, and more than anything else it is our mental health that tends to take the brunt of the hit um, so check in on yourself make sure that you are not feeling anxious make sure that you're not experiencing anxiety or depression you know you're, you're 4.1 times more likely to be suffering from anxiety if, you, if you're worried about money 4.6 times more likely you be going through depression if you're worried about money so take a moment to check in, your, check in on yourself and uh, yeah try and look after your mental health that's my message for monday i hope you have an amazing week like i've just said catch you later on thank you for listening to today's podcast if you enjoyed the episode be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you new to investing check out peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need if you prefer one-on-one coaching book a complimentary discovery with the man himself all links in the show notes